BiPlus podcasting for the BiPlus universe. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Amy Leibowitz, and we are with our guest, author F.E. Feely Jr. Hi. Hi. We can call him Freddie. He said we could call him Freddie, so calling him Freddie. <laughs> Freddie, could you provide a short introduction? Oh, gosh. Um... I am Effie Feely Jr. I am the author of eight novels so far. That's crazy. Um, I started writing in 2012 with The Haunting of Timber Manor and have my most recent work is Hallelujah uh, with Kim Fielding. I am 39 years old. I live in the Deep South with my lovely husband, John. And our daughter, Abigail Adams, who is a cat. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's me. Let's talk some books and writing then. Oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> All right. So um, you are gay, not bisexual, correct? Right. Um, and so did you have challenges that you felt you had to overcome in order to write bisexual characters? Or did that feel just natural? Because I know that we were talking a little bit about the characters just kind of tell you who they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe that wasn't as much of a challenge as it sounds. I think because I've been guilty in a lot of ways of, you know, I think people in their sexuality and in their, in their way of life and their worldview we tend to be myopic and, and in some cases dismissive of others, especially circumstance that we ourselves don't understand. And I have been guilty in a lot of ways of by erasure or because it's, it's not my thing. It, it's, I'm not there. It's not my headspace. And to write the character Stormy in Hallelujah and um, oh God, what's his name in The Colors of Love? David. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so bad. Like that's no, bad commentary. Um, I'm hoping it's David. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to put myself. You know, I wanted. I wanted to explore that as um, as a creator and put myself in his headspace and. Um, sort of deal with that uh, to bring it and to make it visible and um, in the colors of love, which was meant to be eroticism and like an erotica book and it completely failed. Like it was so bad. Like they have sex and then I'm like, well, let me tell you how fucked up these guys are. <laughs> and but it, it was the challenges and of having a bisexual character hook up with a gay, gay character and the jealousy and the, you know. Oh, that I think you nailed it there. Definitely nailed it there. But I wanted to have that an open <laughs> conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to put it on the page. You know, I didn't want to just say he was bisexual and just leave it alone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so again with stormy you know i wanted to have that conversation and he describes his life and um with another partner and oftentimes in the books that we read the idea of heterosexual sex is is people turn their nose up at it 
Mm-hmm. And in that context, it of a bisexual that that's by erasure in some. Yeah, definitely. Regards. Yeah. And it's not fair, and it's it's not cool to do that. You know, it was challenging in regards to you know exploring a new area, but it wasn't like burdensome if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to go there. I wanted to see, you know. So did you, how did you, did you do research? Like did you research not not like Google, but you know, I, I talked to bisexual people because there's a lot of yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it, it, touch on. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have friends of mine who are who are bisexual and I have just friends of mine who have all sorts of sexuality and gender expression. You know, I have trans friends. Mm-hmm. I've you know, got pansexual, and it's it just listening to them and just being open to their life and the things that they have to say and, and their life experiences and stuff like that becomes really, you know, informing. And mm-hmm. so it was just, it was a lovely opportunity just to sort of, you know, go there. Um, so, yeah. 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 Especially in the color of love, I think you really dive into um, the bisexual experience with right. David, you know, all the way, like, okay, his experience with like, oh, does this mean I'm gay? No, I think I'm bisexual. And having that language at his age was a lot right. when, when, when I was younger. But, um, you know, he's an older man, and he sticks by it, like, well, no, you know, when people identify him as gay, you know, I'm bisexual, and mm-hmm. it's later in the book where he's getting married, and his, his dad actually says um, at the wedding toast, this is my bisexual son, he doesn't say gay, and he's, it's just like, <clears throat> um, and just because you're married doesn't mean you're not bisexual. I mean, you hit all mm-hmm. these points. And it sounded to me like you had some really good, um, uh, that you talked to people, which is important, that you did some sort of research, which I found refreshing. Well, I also think it's important to, you know, your characters, your characters, our job as artists, and I'm going to sound posh here and, and kind of highbrow, but our job as artists is to create empathy. Yeah. And to create mm-hmm. characters that inform us, not the other way around. Like yeah. we, we, yeah. we should learn from them. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, we need to write them in a way that informs our reader as well. You know, being a writer is serious business and you have a platform and you're entering into the marketplace of ideas with your words. Yeah. And you know, books have historically changed the world. You know, whether you're talking about the Bible or you're talking about Marx, Karl uh, uh, Marx, you're talking about um, uh, the jungle. You know, I mean, there's so many different examples and Uncle Tom's Cabin, yeah. you know, yeah. even, in, even in, you know, romance where it has such a wide audience you know, and such a diverse audience, you do need to be able to bring it, you know, in a valid and authoritative way, you know, and say, this is the truth of who this person is. And you don't judge them, 
you know, yeah, and so forth. So, you know, but it goes back to even my own experience, you know, as a gay guy, you know, physically at coming out or in that transition period between living the heterosexual life, I was having sex with women. Mm-hmm. And physically, I could say that I am bisexual. I can do it, you know. It's the it's the lifestyle that I've chose to lead and be and identify as as a, as a gay man and a you know what I mean. Well, I mean emotionally, I mean there's bi romantic too, or emotionally sure. you're, and some people right. aren't. They're well, romantically heterosexual or homosexual. But also, there there's that whole idea that you know you're raised to believe that this is what is quote unquote normal. Right. And so you can force yourself to do what people think is normal. Sure. But that may not be natural or native to you. Who, right. to you who you are. It's it's just this pressure that you're talking about. And but that came through so much in that book. Um there's sure. that pressure, but he just handled it. Like yeah. you handled it. And uh yeah. um and then that jealousy think, that comes out when you were talking right. about jealousy of the one partner um i can't remember his name david's aaron. partner aaron yeah i think we're gonna call <laughs> him aaron for the purposes yeah. of this podcast yeah. aaron. <laughs> um, aaron was um well does that mean you're, you're gonna sleep around on me you're gonna leave me for a woman oh he was jealous of his own friend being there with, with him you know and it's like no i'm just a person i have no right i might cheat on you but that's not because i'm bi it's because right. i'm a human being and you sure. do stupid things. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we don't talk enough about about that. Sometimes going the other way, and how bisexual people will sometimes hide those feelings. Like for me, it's you know, the the envy of people who are can say that they've had a more queer experience than mm-hmm. I have. Sure. You know, sure. and, and and wondering, you know, would would somebody still would somebody still want a person who to be with a person who isn't, you know, hasn't been spent their whole life immersed in queer culture? Yeah. Um, would, would that be, would that be a problem for them and worrying, you know, is, are they gonna not want to be with somebody who's so, so I think it, that actually can go both ways and we don't sure. really talk uh, enough about yeah. that or be open about, um, yeah. I don't, I think, well, I think for a lot of bisexual people, we don't talk about it because um, we already get enough hate, so we don't want to be hated. we judge each having... other, too. I think there's this idea that we're going to be judged by the rest of the bisexuals oh, yeah. that's not bisexual enough, and we yes. don't do that. I've never had that happen, but it happened yeah. people. Yeah. I just came out. I'm really, should, I really want to know if this is right, so I'm going to go find a, a, a girl or a guy to sleep with. That's going to end badly. It's going to end right. badly for yeah. both of you, and it's right. not honest. But um, it, it, it's, you know, I, I'll tell you, Amy, I felt like I was pressured into that with my experience. That, like, if I could go back, if I, ha- if I could go back and tell myself anything as a kid who was wondering, it's like, slow down, you know, you don't have yeah. to have all the answers right away. And you don't have to throw yourself at it either. Yeah. You know? Yes. So um, we were, we were talking about, we've already talked about, uh, the two books you sent to us you sent us the color of love which is mm-hmm. previous to alleluia which is the latest and yeah. we both loved amy go ahead and gush i think i was in love with it from page one <laughs> right um that is 
I keep I think I've said this to like every single guest that we've had on in, in the last month. Oh yeah. my gosh, this is one of the best books I've read this year. Just yeah. right. we've, had, we've had so many good, yeah. really, really good books. So the, the, I, I don't want to say too much because I feel like like anything I could say would give too much away because it's right. such a rich, dense book. But for me, it, it reminded me a lot of my experiences coming out of fundamentalism, to be sure. honest. Yeah. Um, that was a fundamentalist. Hey, before we get too far ahead, Amy, let him go over, um, just give us a brief synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah was a project between me and Kim Fielding, who um, in her non-writer life is a PhD. She's a professor in California. She's an incredibly brilliant, uh, I think she teaches criminology and she teaches hate crime. Uh, that's her focus. Um, but I've known her for a while and have read her work and appreciated her work. So, you know, one day I messaged her and I was like, hi, I really like you. And I hope you really like me. And will you write with me? And she's like, okay. I was like, that's easy. <laughs> and so we sat down and, and we started talking about wanting to write a book. And we both love the song by Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And of course, it, that song has been sung absolutely to death. Mm -hmm. Um, sort of like Shallow by Lady Gaga now, but, um, you know, I really like the message and I really, really, really love the lyrics. The lyrics are, are profound. Yeah. And so her and I start set off to write a book based upon the lyrics of this, this song. And um, so we decided to bring my Memoirs of the Human Race books and her motel pool book together and cross our worlds together um, to start off a series. And Hallelujah is the first in hopefully a series of books. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it's about a young man who's growing up in a religious uh, home, or he's grown up, but he's a choir director. Um, at a little church in Lenore, Nebraska, and he's hiding uh, both from his sexuality and the fact that he can see ghosts. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's absolutely terrified of both. And as he begins to explore one, the other shows up in a very big way. And so now you're, he's, um, he's facing the darkness which has come for him in the shape of a demon. And it, it's this epic fight between good and evil. And um, it ends up in a road trip. And, but it, it's a heavy, it, it, I, we didn't pull any punches. I mean, we, we swung and swung hard throughout the entire book. And, and there's a lot of social political commentary in it. And, um, but it, it, it was it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun, and, and like you said, it's hard not to talk about it and not completely I know. Yeah. Give, out the, give out the plot. But it's it's it, it's a it's um it's a it's a wild ride. You're in for a ride with Hallelujah, Literally. and um, it's a road trip. <laughs> yeah, road trip. But it is in the in the context of that song and that it. it there's grief, you know, and there's 
despair and you know and ghost stories tend to be a little sad anyway because you're always talking about the death mm-hmm. but there's also hope and there's you know renewal and relationships and friendships and stuff like that and so yeah pretty excited about it yeah it was yeah. it was a really good read yeah you know and i gotta say i i um i'm a pretty big fan of uh kim fielding's work as well um I, and I like her work because it is quite literary, even when there's right. romance. And so because I'm, I tend to be a person who leans toward literary writing, um, when it has that more literary style and bent to it, I'm all over it. So, um, so yeah, I, the writing is just, it's, the prose is beautiful <laughs> for you. one thing. And there's a lot of incredible imagery. And for me, it was that like, I felt like the the ghosts felt like that that kind of metaphorical, you know, what's what's under the surface and sure. you know what 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 things are haunting you and right. it, just, it was it was just brilliant, absolutely right. brilliant. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's a good point too. You know, uh, Joseph. Joseph, you mentioned that he was. Uh, in hiding and he's in hiding oh. from everything and Amy yeah. Yeah. stuff being just below the surface that's a very good point it is just below the surface and the more it surfaces the harder that guy tries to hide hide it yeah. yeah just can't do it anymore um and he he doesn't even I wanted to slap him a couple of times because there's a point where he's like he won't really accept what's in front of him. You know, there's right. a couple points in there. And just like, but I think that, really good. Know, that's a message you get in it, though. What he's afraid of, like the thing that he fears is what, where his freedom is. And I, and I think that's the same for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking about things like mm-hmm. trauma, you know, these, these shadows that follow us, these, these things that we're afraid of, these things that we're afraid to talk about that are inside of us and they're the ghosts that there are under the surface. And, you know, as somebody who's dealt with mental illness and stuff like that in his own life, I realized that in confronting those things, you find out that they're not as big and as bad as you thought they were. And there's liberation in that. And it's just, you know, and I felt, you know, especially with Kevin, you know, with, we did him dirty and everybody's like, I can't believe you did that. But, uh, it, it you know, it's, it's traumatizing. It's, it's, it's scary, you know, to put yourself out there, you know, even in, in the context of a relationship, cause you don't know how it's going to work out and, mm-hmm. you know, you want to stay forever and, you know, that's yeah. terrifying. And I, you know, which is kind of funny because I like writing horror and I like writing romance because they're both equally terrifying. You know, love is oh, terrible. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And definitely. And I think yeah. that's why so well together. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you're a romance writer, you want to write horror. You're halfway there. You know. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No kidding. That's the scariest thing of all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So. Well, I don't think that, I mean, I guess I'm a big fan of saying that most genres, you, you could probably find some compatibility and lots of things that people right. don't necessarily think to pair up. But yeah, I think, I don't think that's incompatible. Right. Well, it also gives the reader a break, right? 
Yeah. They're, they're sort of a, you can't keep squeezing them. It just, and eventually it, and so when you, when you have moments of levity, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it just, it's like chemistry. It just works, you know, it just, yeah. it's just human and it, it, it's funny and fun. So, yeah. And we've seen examples of that in pop and in other, you know, movies. There was Eye for an Eye with Sally Field, which is a horrible, scary, traumatic movie to watch. But there was a there's a scene in there where this lady busts her ass, and Kim has to run into the bathroom and laugh because it's <laughs> you know, and you're cracking up along with her, you know, because it's it's <gasps> you know it's a break from the. So, yeah. So, Kim and I have entered it into the Bram Stoker Awards. So, wish us luck. Oh, good luck. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I'm not sure which things to talk about that, that wouldn't really be spoilerish because I don't want to give away anything. Right. Maybe we should just talk about Stormy. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a yeah, the bisexual character. That's, yeah. Um, when we ran, what we right when we ran across Stormy, you know, I needed him, I needed Joseph to recover that conversation of what that would look like, you know, with somebody new, you know, so many years later, you know, because there's a gap between the first part of the book and the second part of the book where Joseph is fundamentally changed. He's hiding in a different way in in the second part of the book where he's just, he's gotten kind of hard and life has sort of made him, you know, brutal in a way um and so this guy comes along and you know of course he, i wanted this guy to be like sex on legs you know but very kind and very loving and very understanding and i think relationships do that too right your partner will help you sort of unpack other stuff you know and so but yeah stormy um was just that for joseph he was that that recovery point he was that support system but he i like him because of of just how worldly he was in in his endeavors to sort of bring freedom to his people and and stuff like that and yeah they're they're coming from two completely different points one is stubbornly hiding himself and it really does take a lot of pulling to get joseph to wake up and snap out of it so to speak and then stormy is the opposite it's like there's nothing secret about this guy at all there's no secrets there he's just he's an open page um and uh definitely bringing those two together yeah i I mean it was was that was really um they worked well together It, it worked it worked well for me. So I'm right. curious, how did, so we talked about the, you know, characters revealing who they are and we have to be responsive to that. So how did he reveal himself as bisexual? Like, was that just, he was born that way? Cause I, I find sometimes characters just show up in my head and that's who they are and that better show up on the page. But sometimes it's a slow burn. <laughs> well, it was sort of in the, in the introductions, you know, when he, they're talking about each other, when they get to where they are. And, you know, I think there was pictures that he had, Stormy had, and they, he was talking about his relationships in the past. And one was with the woman who, 
was able to accept his bisexuality. She just couldn't accept his, what his job was. Right. Well, I was thinking more like as a writer, how did that reveal itself to you or to Kim or to the two of you together? Um, I think it was pretty organic. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think in, especially in our genre, there tends to be, it, it's very usually, it's gay people and it, it, it's, it's very closed off to everybody else, which is kind of weird. And we didn't want that, you know, mm-hmm. we wanted an ensemble, you know, because I mean, in the midst of all this, you had Francine too. We really didn't get into, into her sexuality, but she's old enough to have had experiences with both. And that was a character I created a long time ago, but we never touched in on her, you know, we just didn't have the opportunity really. But um, I, I, I like ensemble pieces. I wrote a book called Closer and got nailed because I had heterosexuals and bisexuals and, and their love and, and stuff on the page. And, and I, you know, a lot of people like it. And then, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll get a, an uppercut, you know, from somebody who's like, this is not gay romance and blah, 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 blah. blah. And, it's like I'm not there. I'm not here for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to Calm show. Down, read another book. Yeah, just right. There's plenty out you. there. Right. <laughs> this one's not I for you. There's that. more that you could read and right. say. Yeah. But I, I like representation on the page, and yeah. it to me that's important because we don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Stormy was, you know, just another expression of another human being and a different human being. But they had common. They had that commonality, you know, that there was something there and, and, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that. And so, but yeah, that was our, I think our thought process behind him. And, well, if you know, it's like I, a series, it can be explored in other, you know, books. Absolutely. Books you know, and, and what's unfortunate about it is Hallelujah, for whatever reason, just hasn't picked up. And, well, and I'm hoping people will listen to this, yeah. and right. it will, because it. it deserves it. Right, it's I appreciate amazing. that. I appreciate it. Such, such, it's so visual. Um, right. Yes, yes, and that. that. <laughs> and right. not just that, but the sense and, uh, you know, scent. Sensory, <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. Smells Very and uh, um, the feeling of the air, you know, um, Everything right. uh, about this book is just, um, it's, it's, it's just a completely immersive experience for me. Anyway. Right. Uh, right. And I think the reason probably hasn't paid, I think because of the subject matter and the, the state of the world that we're in right now, I think it might just be a little too thick for people to chew on. Um, I don't, I don't, you but, know, Utopia is doing really well, and that's about a pandemic. So, right. <laughs> you see that? That's on a right. Amazon. Yeah. Right. Uh, but actually, Francine, Francine in my head looks like the lead character from that show. Uh, yeah. Like, Francine's a bad, a bad, you know, as somebody, as a gay guy, black women have showed up in my life in a very positive role, and, mm-hmm. and often, and, and growing up in Detroit and stuff like that, and you know, I really wanted to pay homage to black women and, and women in general in the role uh, in my life, you know, as a support, um, to give moral support, especially because women are, are so subject to 
daily discrimination, mm-hmm. sexism, stuff like that. Um, they're not paid equally. They're, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the abortion thing, you know, they're constantly, there's a constant barrage of bullshit that women have to put up with and especially women of color. Yeah. And women of color even more so. Yeah. I wanted this very capable, very educated, very grounded woman in this book Mm -hmm. to be sort of the, the touchstone Mm -hmm. for these guys and to be the teacher and sort of, so yeah, I've, I've really liked her. And in this book, I was really able to bring her out and, and show who she is. And it was, it was fun to get in, into her and, and her myth and where she come from. And, you know, cause I'm, I'm a stone's throw away from Louisiana. Yeah. And so you have that Creole Cajun culture and um, it, it's very different. Uh, it's a very different world. Um, from the rest of the country and mm-hmm. it's just the, creating the myth and, and how she came to be and you know touching on slavery and, and her ancestor Ruby you know it was the magic and stuff like it was a lot of fun Speak of Ruby will we get more from her later as the series goes? I think so I think we'll flash back to a Ruby and you know because I, I, I mean how can you not when I made her yeah. queen of the pirates you know, yeah. piracy in this area of the country was very strong. Oh, I live yes. on Southeast Texas. And yeah. so all the famous pirates were yeah. here because of the, the way the land is. And they were able to hide their ships in uh, places like Galveston and Crystal Beach. And, and so they were all up and down this, this coast. Absolutely. And so, yeah. That and I want, to, I, want, I want to know more about the training process, you know, that Joseph right. Ruby. And, yeah, there's um, so much that, there's so much that, you know, still questions that, that aren't quite answered. But, yeah, there's so much I, more to write about. But I want to say something about the fact that there were so many capable women in this story. Because right. I think, you know, I, I find that sometimes that just doesn't happen enough because it, right. it, I mean, it's okay that a story is centered on men and real, men's right. relationships with each other. I don't have a problem with that. Right. I have a problem with throwing in some random women as very flat characters and all they're there right. for is to offer, you know, dating advice and, you know, right. to be a support. Oh, and these were women who are, you know, fully realized. Right. Well, her like, grandmother, Celine was, was his, the go-between between God and, you know, Right. So, right. yeah, like that, that's, uh, well. And, Even the dead people aren't flat characters. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right. stay down. Yeah, it's a ghost story. This is a ghost yeah. story. So if you haven't caught on by now, there's ghosts. Which, okay, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that that might be part of the reason why I loved it so much, because I love ghost stories. That's probably right. my favorite. Um, offshoot of horror because I think there is so much unexplored territory there. Right. Oh, yeah. Especially realistic ghost stories that are based in kind of the lore, you know, the actual lore that's out there. Yeah. Well, and for me, you know, this, yeah. this idea of the, you know, this, uh, a person who is suppressing the, his identity as in, in multiple ways, including, you know, the, the, the sexuality and the being able to talk to <laughs> dead mm-hmm. people. So just, I, I, I found that to be a very, capable metaphor it was really good right it seems to be there's 
fundamentalism, yes. We also mm-hmm. touch on some Catholicism in there. Um, the ghost seemed based in that kind of lore. And that's from being married to a Catholic. <laughs> I knew there was a Catholic in the show, but yeah. that was how I knew it was Catholic. And I'm like, we all believe in ghosts, okay? We're my husband is a devout. Myself of that. But he's a devout cat, and I've learned so much from my husband, especially as a recovering fundamentalist. And mm-hmm. you know, my husband has a very strong faith. And when him and I first got together, I was very sort of wrapped up in in the fundamentalist. I was a I was a miserable person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very gay, you know, but I was still very religious. Fundamental because fundamentalism is not a religion, it's a worldview, mm-hmm. yes. and it, it tears apart everything it touches. It's and a very American worldview, too. It is, it is mm-hmm. very rural specifically. It allowed me to recover in a lot of ways myself and unpack. You know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it just your partner will help you unpack a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I consider myself a Christian, I consider myself a personal faith. It's just, it's different now. And so I wanted that to show up and in, in sort of that there's other ways, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That there's other ways of believing. And, you know, when you, when you play around with the spiritual world and, and ghosts and stuff like that, you, you kind of have to start opening yourself up to the idea that, you know, if you're going to deal with life after death and any kind of, you know, you're eventually going to run into God at some point. You're going to have to deal with the God question. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was just, I, I wanted to treat that with respect and not be overbearing or preachy or anything in that regard. You know, I just, I just, I wanted to deal with it, you know, so. Well, you guys even paid, uh, you know, gave a nod to Wiccans. Mm-hmm. Talking about the veil and it lifting between uh, the sure. pagans and Wiccans, um, that type of religion uh, that it that it thins, but the, towards the end of October, towards All Saints Day, and also, sure, all, all Halloween. But um, I, I so thought it, it was very well done, religious wise. Um, I, was I wasn't. Say, it, is it spoilers <laughs> to talk about? Is it spoilers to talk about God in that book? <laughs> no, <laughs> because. I found it very interesting because the God in this, the representation of God in the book reminded me of, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but I'd read a book some years ago in which um, it's, it's very much like the, the view of God in the garden of Eden, I guess the, uh, the communing with people in that um, differently than um differently than certainly differently than fundamentalism um, right treats it but it reminded me much more of the god in jewish folklore <laughs> um than well, anything that i read in christian well, books kim that is, have god in them right kim's jewish and it was really interesting because this, this one i mean with especially with the gospel songs that were Littered throughout. I mean, I've I've got so much in my head, you know, because I grew up the music. Yeah. I've I've forgotten. Oh my so god! Much. I was singing all through that book. Right. Like I could yeah. sing every single one. Of those. Right. But it was it was the God of. I wanted to take it back to you know, the beginning, so to speak, yeah. and the way he interprets heaven, 
you know, was that's what I, everybody interprets it different and it is different for everybody. And so like the 10th revival was how Joseph saw it, right. you know, it's how his mind was able to perceive mm-hmm. it as it was, you know, and and I thought like the part that gave me chills was like when he was, it was empty and then uh-huh. suddenly it wasn't Yeah. all there and staring at him, you know? And yes, I like that. That's the part of the book that scared me, you know, to for be, me, it was the walls of the tent breathing, breathing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. For me, it was the fog. The fog scared the crap out of me. The fog oh. that he would see. Oh, I mean, the the fog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a pretty wild ride, like a full range of one minute I could be chuckling at something that was funny, and the next minute I could be going, "Oh, yeah, I relate to that so hard." And then the next minute I could be shivering, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. running from a tornado. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it was amazing. <laughs> so I appreciate. Oh, yeah, it. we're back to tornadoes. We we just so you know, we determined with a previous. Um, previous author that tornadoes are bisexual culture so <laughs> yeah and you had them in both books you had everything for me in this book between the you know the military bases the landscape the i-40 and yeah. tornadoes yeah. like yeah but both books had the tornadoes in them um you know we've gone so much over alleluia i don't want to neglect the color of love I yeah maybe talk about that a little bit sure um, give us brief background on that one <laughs> yeah, that's that's my failure book. Like I, I was I, my husband and I were talking one day over my book sales and stuff like that, and I was pouting, you know, because I'm I haven't won the Pulitzer, and you know I've, I have movie options yet, and I'm like this is bullshit, and uh, sort of an ego thing, right? Yeah. Every artist has one, and. He was like, well, why don't you write what they want and give them what they want? And you write about Dirk and Drake and their marathon sex capades. And I'm like, yeah, yeah fine, <laughs> fine, I'll do it. And, and so I set off to do it. And, uh, you know, these guys, it, I, I, and I showed up in the book and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I loved um, the sex went on a little too long for me. I got I'll, I'll admit that, but <laughs> you know, okay. But the not sex parts is actually a really good book about yeah. coming to terms with sexuality and Perfect. with your own sexuality, but also healing through trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. One was healing from battle wounds, literal battle wounds, you know, battle uh, PTSD um, and anxiety. Among yeah. other things, um, and uh, the other was healing from a relationship, but sure. also coming to terms with his own sexuality. Sure. Um, and and that growth they did. And that's where I think the best work on what it's like to be bisexual is in that book. Right. Um, it so it does. It's not. You keep calling it a failure, and it's like, but it's not. It really right. Isn't. Um, right. It's just. Uh, I do think it's hilarious though. He says, yeah, Dirk and Drake in their marathon love affair. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was that there is that, but there's also the relationships with the women in their lives. Um, uh, I thought, the, I thought they were hilarious. Else's life. So there's value in right. that book. 
Well, yeah, there's, I, I do love colors and, and I, it, it was just different for me, you know, it was a departure from what I'm used to, but then again, I did stuff that, that, you know, I, I, I think you did work you should be proud of. Romance is terrifying. Love is scary. You know, in the context of seeing yourself through the eyes of another person, you Mm -hmm. know, I think when relationships don't last, it's, it's that, because love is, is vulnerability and, in a world, especially in our our capitalistic, Protestant-driven, you know, you mourn alone. You you it's, it's such yeah shit, yeah. This bullshit about independence. Yes, right, you're you're independence. Yeah, yeah. Codependence is not a good thing, but that that interdependence is yeah. so important. You know, yes. we we are social creatures, and so like David and Aaron's relationship was. You know, and especially as you get older, you know, you carry baggage, you know, and you've lived life and life puts lines on your face and, yes, you know, it, 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 it kind of, <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it, it, it's tough. And the whole point of being in a relationship is, is, you know, and I think I said it in the book, it, it's not. A fairy tale where everything's suddenly better. It gives you a chance to go through something with somebody mm-hmm. and have that support there. And you know, I touched on you know drugs and and because the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. is so, it's been overshadowed with COVID and Trumpism and all this other stuff. But you know, it's there, and and I'm I can guarantee you it's resurged since this 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 COVID thing and Definitely. and. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of dealing with that and the relationship between, you know, like having women in our books, they're either the flat, you know, reversed gay sidekick, you know, yeah, or, or they're vapidly terrible people, you know, yeah. and I wasn't cool with that either. You know, here's a woman who's, made decisions she she felt disconnected from her man for good reason mm-hmm. you know and so she hooks up with somebody else and maybe there's some guilt with her in the way that she acts and jealousy she was jealous yes. you know and, yeah. and so but they come together in the end yeah you know and there's understanding and because at one time at one point in the relationship they were friends yeah. and and so it, it was I wasn't going to use her as a, as I a, like that she brought his ex-wife back around, that she came right. around, because it, it shows her and all these characters that you develop so well, they're not one-dimensional, they're not mm-hmm. good or evil, except for the demon who was really bad in the other book, right. um, but they're not, every, it's, even when you went right. with God in the other book, it was a very full, you know, not always nice guy. But um, the, right. uh, the, <clears throat> this book in particular, all of those, you know, his friends were kind of turds at first mm-hmm. a little bit with, with his new lover, um, uh, Aaron, the gay man, right. had all these friends. And David's walking into his world. And so we right. see mostly David and his world. And the friends weren't necessarily right on board at first. Um, right. They get They're protective. And, and, yeah have tantrums they all have a tantrum everybody has a tantrum in that book at one point or another um i i 
found a lot to enjoy about that book. I, I, don't, I appreciate think, it. Yeah. Don't think it's the failure you want it to be. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just makes me laugh. You know, it just, because at the end of it, and once it's what it was written and I told my husband, he was like, I knew that's what you were going to do. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Now see, my husband loves like Jordan Hawk. He loves like serendipitous kind of, and I'm not saying that about Jordan Hawk. I, I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions or anything like that, but he likes things tied up perfectly in the end. And, I like just shit flapping everywhere, you know, yeah. <laughs> Kinda, like, I, I like the, you know, the rough and tumble. He's like, you're always so dark. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but you come up out of fundamentalism. See how well you do. I know. Yeah. You know? I kind of want it tied up in a bow at the end sure. too, but sure. I want it dark yeah. first. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to roll. I'll get you. I'm, I'll get you to the light, but you got to go through the dark first. Yeah. You've yeah. got to come with me and see, you know, and I, I think that's also sort of, uh, yeah, it, it, and that's so funny, Amy, especially religious commentary wise, you know, for something to be about God and faith and things that are pure and tied up and clean, mm-hmm. you know, it's so dark, mm-hmm. yeah. it's so deadly, it's so not what people think it is, and you know, we're starting to see this unfold on the national stage. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so, it, it, it makes me shake my head because it's like I escaped that cult and I feel like it's coming for me, you yeah. know, in a lot yeah. of ways. It's hard not to get overwhelmed with that, you know. And it's funny because I posted something on Facebook, you know, my top five ways to avoid a cult, you know, and sort of the antidote is to be because fundamentalism can't survive right. with other things. It, it, it's very weak. It's very thin. It's very, it, it has to be cut off. You have to be cut off from the world to maintain it. Yeah. You know, and it can't exist with other thoughts. It can't exist with artistic expression. It can't exist with, it just, it falls apart. And so yeah, but it, it's very, it's a very dark thing, so. Interesting. I wonder if our trip through fundamentalism in, you know, 1800s, 1900s um, has led to um, our kind of trek through atheism now, you know, more people right. leaving the church, and I wonder if that's because everybody left mainline denominations for fundamentalist denominations, and now... Sure that's falling apart, like you said. Right, it burned them out. Because yeah. fundamentalism has a natural, uh, it has a natural um, inflection point where it either explodes, mm-hmm. is in the case of 9-11, or when somebody goes in and shoots an abortion doctor, or whatever, or it has an implosion where the person just picks up and walks away. And they've walked away because of a lover, or because of a new job, or because of some event that just jars them out of it and shows them that people outside of this thing are not the miserable wretches that fundamentalism would have, would you lead you to believe? Yeah. Right. And that life is, and see that I'm going to get a little philosophical here. Like artistic expression is a holy thing. It is an act of compassion and empathy for humanity. 
And when we create, we're tapping into something, in my opinion, that's bigger than we are. Mm -hmm. And especially when you start to consider the myriad expressions of humanity in all of its forms, you know, you're, you're tapping into the God thing, right? And you're tapping into, into something larger than what you are. And a high control environment can't have that, you know, they, they can't have, you know, that kind of, it just, it's not, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, they tell you that's what they're, what they're doing, that, that they're helping you um, be more in communion with God. But in reality, they're controlling that too. Right. How you can have that communion right. with God or how you can have that, that expression. So it isn't really doing what they're saying. It's no. do it. Right. <laughs> right. That's, because it's, yeah. Right. I, I, and like, if somebody were to ask me today, like, what is your religious beliefs? I can, I can tell you what it isn't, you know, and I refuse <laughs> yeah. to believe that God is a myopic bully. I, I refuse to believe that God is some crazy bastard with a killer, you know, killer surveillance system who's always disappointed in you. You know what I mean? It's, and and yeah. stuff like that. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I, that is very, that's very human. That's, that's very political. It's very whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's um, sounds very Catholic to me. <laughs> so right, nice. it can be. I mean, it, but it can be. I guess like what you put in is what you get out, right? And but I'm married to a brilliant man and somebody I love very much, and his his view is so kind and it's mm-hmm. so loving and it's so open and thoughtful and it just it's it's been like I guess they say that the 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 source of healing is off or how does it go the source of healing or the antidote to the poison you, you have to find that at source you know you have to go back to where the trauma happened Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, that's where you find the cure. And I think in a lot of ways that, that you know, but it's such a big part of me that it, it shows up in my work. You know, it shows up in more than just the books that we've discussed. And it's something that I've battled with and, and talked about and, and wrestled with. And, you know, it's not anything I'm embarrassed of um, because I think we write what we know. And for for 20 years, that's all I knew. And so it's a conversation that I want to have with people um, and just be open and honest about it, you know, and just kind of go there. And mm-hmm. I think hallelujah, in a lot of ways, it, it went there. And, yeah. and you'll be surprised what you find out what you believe in this medium. You know, when you write yeah. stuff down, you, you sort of discover who you are in the process and there's, there's healing there, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I honestly felt like there were a lot of ways in which uh, just, just from my own experiences with 
with fundamentalism and, and with suppressing my own identity, I, I honestly felt like there were so many ways in which I could say, oh, I feel so seen by, by, by this, by a ghost story. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, I, th- I think you're right. I, the idea of going back to, going back to the source point um, right. find healing. It was so interesting because for a while after leaving fundamentalism, I didn't want anything to do with people who were religious at all. Right. I really wanted to be right. away, away. And then over time, I found that people who, and not just, not, not just one particular religion either, people who had spiritual perspectives and practices and were people of deep faith, even if their faith was not per se, in God, I found it very healing to be around people who, who had that and, and whose faith right. was maybe unmarred by some of right. the experiences I had. Right. Well, that's what's interesting. When you find people of, of profound faith, they're not frantic. Fundamentalism is so frantic. It's so yeah. afraid of the dark. It, it, it's the, there's the allegory of the cave, you know, mm-hmm. and they're afraid to leave the cave because of the shadows on the wall. You know, and that, that's yeah. fundamentalism. You're locked up. You're in a cave. And that's not, that's not faith. That's fear. You know, that, that, that you know. And that seems like yeah. what they act out of. If you look at, you know. Right. Uh, right. Either a Muslim extremist terrorist or Christian Absolutely. extremist terrorist. Or Orthodox Jewish, you know, the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. Yeah. You know, and. Yeah. And trying to control because you're afraid that something's going to happen to. Beyond your God. control. Nothing's gonna happen right. to God, you know. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's all good. Just, just yeah, calm down, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's um definitely fear. You're right. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, it's just keep on keeping on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to get get close to wrapping up here. Um, do you yeah, have anything else, or? I am working on a couple of new projects. Um, I wrote a book with Jamie Fessenden uh, that was published a while ago called Boiler Oh my Language. gosh, you're just writing books with all the powerhouses. <laughs> I am, I am, I've called it like my duet year. Like when I first started off and I wanted to write with people, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then you never hear from them again. Yeah. And then, but Kim and Jamie were like, okay. And so uh, Fessenden and I wrote Borderline together and it was really well received. And it was another ghost story because I'm sick in the head. But him and I are working on something oh, uh, something now in the same region. Uh, him and I are working on a werewolf story. Okay. And uh, um, I'm personally by myself, I'm working on a, uh, a post-apocalyptic high fantasy uh, okay. story set in this world where elves and magic and a complete departure from where I've played around before and... You know, it's it's high fantasy, and you know, like I said, but you know, there's the occasional Golden Girl reference, which makes me laugh. You know, but it's about a dad, uh, about a father and son, and uh, this dad was a not a good man. He was he was before the the apocalypse. Um, he was a he's a drug runner. He was a motorcycle gang member. He was he was just not a good guy. And he has a son, and he and he changes his life. You know, it, it was such a profound thing to have a kid, and you know, boom, the lights go out. 
And so now you're in a different world. And um, so, yeah, it's going to be about their sort of journey to find each other again. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So that's what I got going on. Sounds amazing. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. You know, it's funny. I'll set out to do a project because I'm not a plotter at all. I can't plot. I admire people who can plot a book. That's not me. And I'll start off with one thing and end up with something completely different. And so we'll see. <laughs> but yeah. So do you have, uh, where can people buy your work? Um, I'm, of course, on Amazon. Uh, you can find me on Amazon. I'm with, if you, if you don't want to support Jeff Bezos, and I don't blame you, you can find me at beatandtrackpublishing.com for some of my works. Um, I really like them. They're a little socialist press out of uh, the UK, um, sort of a mom and pop shop. Um, but they're really cool. And um, you can find me on Audible. I've had all of my work, uh, including Hallelujah and Colors of Love, uh, uh, narrated. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, on Audible, and the guy Vance Bastion has a voice like Honey, and I love him. And Alan Staples really did Hallelujah justice. I mean, he's a first time right out of the gate. He's from Kansas, he's Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, him and his Kansas wife. Kansas or Missouri? Uh, he's in KCK, not Casey Mo. And uh, he's a farmer, and he does like hobby farming. Mm-hmm. But him and his wife, like, and what I love about him, he's, he's heterosexual, but he, he's kind of the sweetest man on the face of the earth. And he, when I handed him this project, man, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, dedicated to the, to the work and dedicated to the accents. His Creole is spot on. Yeah. And he's just extremely passionate. And God love him. He even sings the gospel music. It's so good. Oh my gosh! Well, now that that was definitely a good plug because now I want to hear the yeah, audio. I'll give you. I'll give you the code. I'll totally give you a code for that. And uh, but yeah, he knocked it out of the park. And so yeah, you can find me there. And amazing. So yeah, I've heard Vance. Um, and yes, he he has a voice that's like ridiculous. No, yeah, his voice is amazing. But but I definitely would love to hear Hallelujah as an audiobook. I think that would work oh. so well. Actually, that's the one that I think would work well. Somebody's got to option it for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Right. And speaking yeah, of that's optioning, it's so it's so visual. Uh, speaking of optioning, my friend Andrea Carlisle, I received a message on Instagram from this Frenchman living in Alabama. And I was like, how'd that happen? But he was he was like, I read The Haunting of Timber Manor and I absolutely loved it and this is great and blah, blah, blah. So him and I got to talking and he's an actor. Oh. And, uh, <clears throat> he, um, he was like, you need to make a script for this. And I was like, well, you need to help me. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And we wrote a pilot episode for The Haunting of Timber Manor, my very first book. Oh. And so we're looking to enter that into festivals and I'm serious. Like, I want to go all the way. Oh, I want to go yes. all the way with that. So, yeah. Well, definitely so, yeah. keep us posted. 
Yes, I definitely will. So yeah, that's 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 what I got going on. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> Only a little bit. I'm fine. I'm fine, really. I'm good. Well, that's it for yeah. us. Thank you again for joining. Thank you so us. much. Thank you for having me. You're yeah, anytime. thank you so much. Come back. We'd love to have oh, you back. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. It's F.B. Feely Jr. Uh, the books we discussed today are The Color of Love and Hallelujah, which really needs mm -hmm. to be picked up by Netflix. Um, <laughs> thanks again to my co-host, as always, the lovely Amy Leibowitz. And remember, there's a whole bi-plus universe ready to embrace you. Reach out and find your community. Thank you.